Blog Talk Radio. What's up, everybody? This is a very, very exciting time, a very special edition of the Diard Row Show. I am Brian Rosen, one half of the Brian's. Joining me as always, Brian Diardo. And uh, tonight is, is, is wonderful because when we do these podcasts, we, there's definitely a lot of things that we share that we are both passionate about. But I don't know, you know, there's nothing that we share that we're more passionate about than Ohio State football and certainly uh, a truly great man, James Patrick Tressel, as uh, the great Ed Scolari used to call him. What a, a, a truly great man, an unbelievable coach, a national champion, somebody that completely turned around a rivalry, the best rivalry in sports, and it has not changed. 2001 was when it all began. Nobody will ever forget, and it's a Buckeye fan, what occurred at the Schottenstein Center uh, when Jim Trestle, in his introductory speech at halftime of a basketball game, said that you would be proud of our young people on the field, in the classroom, and in 310 days on the football field in Ann Arbor, Michigan. I think I might have messed up the, the beginning, but that, whatever. Unbelievable. I mean, literally, as I say it, I have goosebumps. You can't see me, but I have goosebumps because it was such an, a special moment and uh, truly wonderful. So, so Brian, uh, how are you doing tonight? How are you feeling? I'm great. I'm great. Uh, Cavaliers won. As you said, we're in the midst of Ohio State football season. Uh, you know, after the loss to Iowa, I think some people thought that the uh, season might be over in terms of the playoff, but, but not really because a lot of teams lost last weekend to OSU. Sitting at number nine, and a few teams in front of them are – you know, uh, going to be, you know, playing each other. So, and, you know, it's, uh, and, and talking about Ohio State now, I mean, it, to kind of tie it into what we're discussing tonight, you know, it's it, it's a tribute, OSU's current success to what Jim Trestle built uh, in 2001. As he said, when he came to Ohio State, it was a different Ohio State. Um, you know, uh, kids I coach now, high school coach, uh, they don't remember what it was like to lose to Michigan. They don't. I mean, it's, you know, I think in their lifetime they've lost to, to Michigan twice, most of them. So, or maybe, you know, so it's, it's in some occasions just once. So, uh, you know, Coach Tressel took what Coach John Cooper did and then took it to a completely different stratosphere. And uh, I'm sure that we'll discuss that at length uh, during this show, man. But, yeah, very excited to talk about Jim Tressel. And uh, it's going to be a lot of fun to, to, you know, and we were there. We were there for our, you know, probably as well, except for the 2002 championship, we were there for his best seasons. Uh, you know, 2005 uh, through the 2008 season. Uh, absolutely, no doubt about it. And and I do want to plug. I'm very excited. This is an honor for me, and and, and I'm going to speak for Brian, and I'd say uh, for for Brian too that we're going to have a chance to uh, have on the air tonight, co- coming up here shortly, uh, a gentleman by the name of Tim Tully, who is the vice president and the lead football play-by-play guy for Scarlet and Gray Sports Radio. That's the official student radio station, student sports radio station at The Ohio State University. We are proud uh, alumni of that. Uh, I was a sports director. Brian was one of our key broadcasters, a member of our shows. And, uh, you know, we have unbelievable memories. We have our friendship is, you know, came from this. Ohio State's a big place. Without, without uh, you know, the, the radio station, who knows if we ever would have met. Um, I would have just been, you know, thinking, who's that, you know, goofy-looking redheaded guy? Um, and uh, but, you know, truly, all kidding aside, it, it's we have amazing memories, and we look forward to sharing some of those memories. But uh, you know, Tim is uh, also the host of Scarlet and Great's podcast, and he had Jim Tressel on. Unbelievable! They, we did not get this kind of access when we were there, and and I, I'm not saying that in any sort of jealousy way. Truly, I'm so happy about the growth. We were there at the very beginning at the formation of Scarlet and Gray Sports Radio, and, uh, and they are doing unbelievable things. I listened to a fantastic podcast. I encourage you, everybody, to check out Scarlet and Gray, the Scarlet and Gray's podcast. Uh, please do that. Go to Scarlet and Gray Sports Radio. And um, he, he has had unbelievable guests. He had the Heisman Trophy winner, the great Eddie George. He had Tressel himself, which will be great to hear his opinions on that. And, uh, and had Dane Brugler was, most, uh, was a great podcast that I listened to, um, you know, an excellent draft analyst. So highly encourage everyone to go to Scarlet and Gray Sports Radio and, and, and check that out. But, uh, you know, Brian, I think probably the best place to start is sort of to go back 
to kind of what you, you know what you said. That there's no you know appreciation from the Michigan game perspective. But let's just rem- let's just sort of talk about for a moment, Brian. You know where Ohio State was in 2000 prior to hiring of Jim Trussell. Uh, it was a tough time. I mean, John Cooper is a college football Hall of Fame went coach. He is. He had unbelievable talent. He had some tremendous teams. He had Big Ten championships. You know, he, but he really struggled against Michigan. Uh, in the rare year, like a 98, where Ohio State would beat Michigan, uh, one of the best teams in Ohio State football history dropped uh, a game to a, a Michigan State team they had no business losing to. And, and that was the problem. I mean, you, you, you knew with, with, with John Cooper you are going to lose a couple of games a year. And you're going to lose the big games. He didn't do great in bowls. He did a horrible 2-10-1 against Michigan. So, you know, it was an interesting time, Brian. And, and I, mean, I know you were in Columbus at that time, and I know that your fandom was a little different because you didn't grow up with family that were, you know, a Buckeyes like I did. But, you know, I guess as, as you go back to that time, you know, what I remember the most was the big names. Bob Stoops, the name I'll always remember. You know, he's from Young's from Youngstown, Ohio. That was the guy that it was rumored this is the guy who was going to come and, and going to take over and, and 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 leave Oklahoma, which which at that time was at its absolute peak uh, under Bob Stoops. And you know, it never happened. And, and I will say, I got to give this guy credit. Kenny Rhoda used to work for WKNR. Uh, I I remember it vividly him talking about Jim Trussell. I don't know if, if he. If he knew something we all didn't know, or if he just got really lucky. <laughs> but I remember him introducing, you know, the fact that, hey, Jim Trestle's the guy. Look what he did, four national titles at Youngstown State. This is the guy to turn around the program. And for, every, for a lot of people, it was like, who is this guy? It, much like how Michigan fans couldn't pronounce the name Shem Beckler. When he was hired in 1969, we all know what that, what, what that meant and the incredible career he had is a great for, for the other guys. But I guess that, that's a good place to start. You know, what, Brian, what were your kind of initial impressions either of kind of Ohio State at that time before Trestle took over or, you know, kind of try to take yourself back to that time, you know, for you when you were in, you know, just starting high school and what it was like, you know, what, what, how you felt about the hire and, and Jim Trestle and just anything that comes to mind from that time period. Well, I remember he was a winner. I mean, I remember hearing he had won all those national championships at Youngstown State, and you knew he was an Ohio guy. So you knew those things, you know. And I know that, honestly, when I remember OSU in the 90s, and honestly, it was, it was Florida State of the North. And when I say that, it was, it was great athletes, always good, always winning around 10 games, with the exception of, I mean, obviously 99 and Florida State won the national title, but, but most of the 90s, you know, after they won at 93, and they, I mean, Notre Dame fans would argue they should have won, and rightfully, uh, you know, great athletes, won a lot of games. Not, I want to say not a lot of class, but, you know, as you mentioned, my father went to Pitt. OSU beat them 72 to nothing in 96, and one of their touchdowns, they had nine guys on the field. So, you know, it was, it was that, but that's how, and, that, and, and Florida State would do the same kind of thing. So that was kind of always my thoughts, and ultimately not always winning the big games. And you always expected – I remember distinctly, you know, at the year 2000, uh, the game was at Ohio State, and Michigan was coming into play. And I remember Drew Henson was their quarterback, and I remember thinking OSU's going to lose. Like, it was – you knew they were going to lose. Like, OSU would lose to Michigan when they had the better team. So when Michigan had the better team, there was no question. I mean, OSU was 8-3 and three going into that game. Uh, they were playing for the Big Ten title, which shows you, you know, Big Ten was kind of down that season. Purdue ultimately won it. Michigan, I think, tied them, uh, and they came in and carved OSU up, double-digit victory. I think it was 36-20. to 20. And then OSU lost their, their next bowl game, the, uh, the Outback Bowl to South Carolina and Louisville. Yep. And then uh, Cooper was out. And I remember at that point thinking, you know, OSU had lost its, its luster at that point. I mean, they were 66-99. and And the other thing, too, with that was the discipline. And I remember, you know, Florida State, Peter Work, and Randy. I mean, they had guys that would get in trouble off the field – and I remember, I think it was Reggie Germany had a 0.0 GPA. And you know what? There were some great kids that came out of Ohio State. Eddie George, great people, great people. But there also was this short, kind of a stigma that OSU was a little undisciplined or maybe not quite buttoned up. But, again, this, is, this isn't nitpicky stuff because you said that you know, John Cooper was a Hall of Fame coach. Uh, but there were just there were some 
untapped potential in terms of teams, team success. The Rose Bowl was kind of the height of the, the 90s, Buckeyes, 97, but that team should have won a national title. They lost to a Michigan team that wasn't in their, you know, at their elk. Uh, the last thing, I'll, I'll kick it over to you. Trestle's first year, and this, I guess, set up our 2002 conversation with Trestle. You know, two things I remember about Trestle's first season. Uh, they go 7-5, and five, which is kind of underwhelming, but they beat Michigan, which was stunning, stunning. Yeah, I, and we're talking Macy's more about that for sure. <laughs> that was a yeah, special was moment. The, yep, I was in the Macy's Day Parade, and we were, that year I was in high school. We were driving home. We stopped to eat somewhere. And this remember, this is before smartphones, so, you know, we didn't really – some kids had a radio, but, but not really. We knew the game was on around, around halftime. We stopped to eat, and people were freaking out because OSU had like a 14-3 lead or something like that. And, and uh, Chris Wells or whoever was their running back busted for like a 50-yard touchdown run. And they won, which was stunning, like stunning. Think of, uh, you know, the biggest upset in college football right now, and that's kind of what it felt like for OSU fans. And the day I really became an OSU fan, honestly – like 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 true and true was the Outback Bowl, uh, you know later on that season the last game, because OSU you know that game was early in the morning. I remember I woke up and it was already twenty eight nothing, but OSU fought back. They tied it and South Carolina ultimately won on a game winning field goal at the end. But I remember that day just no I mean no quit in OSU and I think under Cooper that team loses like forty two to ten after being down twenty eight nothing, and that kind of showed me something about Trestle also. Before the Michigan game, uh, Penn State beat Ohio State, and it was Joe Paterno's record for wins. Uh, and I remember the next day in the newspaper and in, in the opinion, co- uh, the, the the mailbox that they used to have, so many people wanted Trestle fired. In fact, I still have that newspaper. <laughs> so many people. And the, the biggest name I remember people calling him, we hired this small ball coach to coach Ohio State University. And that just <laughs> – now, it's, it's years later, eerie. how amazing is that? Wow. That's how it started. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Well, think about, too. Yeah, well, and, I mean, I never – I'm so glad you mentioned that because I never thought about it, how, how much, how similar it was to, to Bo being hired in Michigan. I mean, he was a guy from Miami with a, a last name you couldn't pronounce. And that right. program was in shambles, and Ohio State was at its peak. Under, under, you know, Woody Hayes. Like, it is it is eerie when you think about that. And that team did not have a good year that year. But, boy, that 1969 game was a game changer for, for them in the rivalry. So, it, it is it is fascinating to think about it. Um, you did, my, my friend, make a Freudian slip. Uh, so, I'm, with all this, i got to correct you just because I, I, I love this guy because of what he did. But I know you meant, instead of Chris Wells, the great Chris Beanie Wells, who was instrumental in Ohio State winning in 2006 and 2007. But Jonathan, Jonathan Wells. Wells, and I know you know that. John, Jonathan Wells. So how many Wells were there when we were there, running back? No, I don't Maurice know. and Wells. Maurice and Wells, and all. <laughs> who was terrible. And, yeah, Maurice did not run Wells. Yeah, it was, it was bad. Uh, but, no, I, all kidding aside, I mean, that was huge. And, um, you know, and, and, yeah, I mean, that season was a bad season. Uh, we were very fortunate. Uh, in one regard, and this is going to sound silly, but it's the truth. Um, you know, Steve Belisari got drunk and got suspended. And if Steve Belisari doesn't get suspended and miss the Illinois game, which was interesting at the timing because Scott McMullen was the man's name, who many Buckeye fans may have forgot, he got the first crack in at starting the second to last game of the season. Ohio State played terrible. And then the final game, uh, he was still suspended, Steve Belisari. So a young man from Utica, Michigan, who wore number 16, who nobody really knew much about, by the name of Craig Krenzel, had a chance to become the quarterback, and he was vintage, vintage, and we're going to talk more about this, Jim Trestle, vintage Trestle ball. Took care of the football, didn't make mistakes, didn't turn, you know, just was outstanding. Um, And and it's it's really fun to sort of reminisce back and, and think about, how, you know, sometimes you need luck. And, and as weird as it sounds, you know, Steve Belisari's issues got Ohio State to a game. I don't know that Ohio State could have won that game with Belisari. And then they had, Ohio State had a terrible performance again in the Outback Bowl, again against South Carolina, when Steve Belisari came back. And then that was it. You know, and then it, we all know what happened in 2002. But, uh, yeah, I mean, but, uh, yeah, I love that you mentioned that. I mean, that's the kind of thing I wouldn't have known, I guess, not living in Columbus, but – it is interesting to think about the beginning 
of, both, of their tenures, both Trestle and Ball at Michigan, and, and, and how important and how everything changed and turned around based upon performance in that one game. Definitely. And we actually have Tim on right now. Uh, as we mentioned uh, at the start of the broadcast, he's, he's taken uh, Scarlet and Gray Sports Radio to a new level. So, Tim, thanks for joining us here. And uh, I know Brian wanted his first crack to ask you some questions, Brian, so I turn it over to you, sir. Sure. Well, yeah, I guess first of all, uh, Tim, you know, uh, you know, welcome. So it's such a pleasure to the vice president of Scarlet and Gray Sports Radio, which is near and dear to our hearts. hearts. And uh, I know you're a Boston native as well. And, and I guess, you know, I want to give you a chance to kind of introduce yourself a little bit um, to our audience. And, and at the same time, I guess my first question to you would be, you know, coming from the Northeast, you know, did you have any connections to Ohio State? Did, were, were you a Buckeye fan? Did it start when you came? Uh, start off, talk to us a little bit about that. Uh, and then I uh, want to talk to you more about Coach Trestle and the great things you're doing at the radio station. Yeah, so I, um, I, I first off, I appreciate you guys coming on. I listen to a bunch of this stuff. I really like what you guys are doing. It's awesome to see a lot of former SGSR guys that are still kicking and, you know, getting some good content out. So it's always good to have, you know, people you can trust and you know they're not full of it. So I appreciate keeping it going. Um, but kind of my Buckeye ties, to be honest, I went to a uh, school. I, I, always, I love the Dallas Cowboys. I grew up a Dallas Cowboy fan. My dad lived in Dallas and Stallback was there and, you know, when I was looking for a college, I didn't want to go to Boston College. We're going to have to end this interview right Man. now, by the way. Just so, I knew just that so was you coming. know, I'm a Steelers fan. Brian's a Steelers <laughs> fan, so I, I knew that I was saw coming, your post. Anyway. I saw your post, and then I saw your, <laughs> yeah. your anti-Kyrie tweets, too. So there's a lot of, a lot of, a lot of un, <laughs> un, uh, unfriendly stuff between us other than Ohio State. But uh, it's you know, right. fine. Hey, as I long as you acknowledge that. that they were the second best team in the 70s, we, we're, we're, we're all good. As long as you can acknowledge that, we're all right. <laughs> Didn't mean to interrupt you, but continue. I'm sorry. No, you're good. You're good. So I, that's what I wanted in a, in a college. I didn't want to go where, you know, you're just trying to make a bowl every year, and that was kind of my was concern. Awesome. And coming to Ohio, and that's where Boston College was. You know, I wrote an article when we went to the national championship my freshman year, and at the bottom of it, I wrote my little stab saying, "This sure as hell beats the pinstripe bowl." You know, and you know, I was for a Boston newspaper and everything, and I made sure to get my jab in. But um, Ohio State, I always grew up. I love Troy Smith. I love Eddie George. And kind of my Cowboys fandom there when I was so excited when Eddie George came to the Cowboys. It ended up not working out. But I loved Ohio State with a Troy Smith and kind of Ted Gann those years. But I loved Tebow, too. So I, that was kind of where – national championship when it was Florida and Ohio State with Leak and Urban and all them is kind of where, you know, college football wasn't such a big deal where I grew up. Um, but, you know, you always watch these huge teams. And the first time I went to a big-time college football game, I grew up going to BC games and, you know, Maryland games because I lived in Maryland for a bit too. But I went to the Penn State-Michigan four-overtime game in 2013. And I was like, dude, I, I got to go to a school like this. And my dad and I went to Ohio State for the Indiana game where it was snowing. Braxton lit him up, and Shazier was awesome. And I was like, this is the greatest thing ever. And, and Penn State, awesome game atmosphere. But just the – not so much the craziness, but just like, man, this is awesome. These people live for this, you know. And there's no excuses. There's no anything. And this is a good team, and it's Urban Meyer. And it's all these different things that you want to do. And I wanted to be able to do kind of the SGSR stuff and the student radio stuff and I know at Penn State, where I, I – Penn State, Clemson, Ohio State are my last three, and I knew I'd have a lot of trouble getting on the air. I have a friend who works for ESPN now, and she only got to do two play-by-play games her senior year. And meanwhile, Davey Austin, I've done every game. And, I, you know, I was in Iowa for the massacre. I was in Phoenix for that massacre as well. So I'm traveling. I'm doing all these things I wanted to do. And that's why I really chose Ohio State. But as soon as I got here, it was a shock to me how – invested everybody was and how crazy everybody was. And I was pretty cognizant of the college football scene and the, the fandom. And I knew of course about Jim Trestle and all those things. And that's what we'll get into. But, you know, I just, the, the Ohio state culture now is, you know, my dad was, you know, for his birthday last night, he got, I was an Ohio state that he doesn't even care about his old BC stuff or all the other stuff. It's all Ohio state. And it's kind of lifted our family into that as well. 
That, that, that's wonderful. And, and uh, it, it, that's, I, I've heard a lot, uh, you know, friends of mine, you know, from whether it's New York, Boston, you know, the Northeast, same kind of thing about wanting to have that, uh, that opportunity because sports is so huge. You, you have such a passion for sports, but not necessarily, you know, college football, just because there isn't really a great, you know, ton of, a ton of, of history or success, certainly recently there. But um, so, so, you know, getting to, and, and I, I do want to mention, we, we can, we can share that uh, the frustration of tough times in Phoenix. We were there calling the uh, yeah. 42 to 14 game against urban Meyer in Florida. When we were there, um, <laughs> we, we uh, Brian was, uh, Brian started at Toledo came and was, was, uh, was there from, uh, from 2005, to 2007 seasons, tremendous seasons. I was there 2005, 2008. And, uh, you know, incredibly proud of the fact that even though we went one and three in bowl games, we were four and zero against Michigan and the one at least to share the Big Ten championship all four years we were there. So, um, yeah. but, but getting you know to, you know to Coach Trestle and the opportunity you had to, to to interview him, I guess to to kind of start off, uh, you know, what was you know what was your opinion, I guess, of the man kind of going in, and I guess did that change at all, and, and how you know what was it like getting a chance to to talk to him and, and, and reminisce? Well, you know, first off, he, he's the greatest guy. Uh, you know, besides the football, besides everything, and he was happy to give us – for who cares? You know, he's the president of Youngstown State. He's got a lot of more important things to do. And he – you know, we got right back to him and were able to get him on. and It was awesome. And he was so happy to kind of come back and banter with us. And we had the jokes and little stuff like that. But, you know – his overall just happiness to, you know, be helping somebody out is what, you know, I'd go to war for this guy. And I, and I don't never met him in person, never done anything, but you could tell he just, he, he's so out for everybody else, especially, and that's why he's a, he'll be a great president of Youngstown State. And that's why he was a great football coach is that, and in almost to a fault is taking care of his guys so much so that, you know, it's beyond football. And I think whatever walk of life Jim Trestle decided to go into he would have been the best at it. And he was the best football coach for a, you know, 10 period, 10 year period of time almost. So you can tell the passion for life and the passion for other people that he had. And it was just awesome. I mean, it was surreal. You know, you know, you get a phone call and it's, uh, this is Jim Trestle calling for Tim Tully. It's like, man, you know, I'm, I'm a senior (laughs) in college who, you know, should be doing math homework and, you know, something like that. But it's, it was pretty surreal, and he was so happy to, you know, help us out. We probably talked to him for 40 minutes. It was like, what, what else do I have to do, right? Yeah, well, on that, I have a fun stuff. story to share. Um, my senior year, they're playing Penn State, big game. I have to do a story on John Cooper for the Lantern. I call him to get a quote, and his secretary answered the phone. And she said he's at practice. I said, no rush. If, if he can call me back, that'd be great. And so it was either the next day or later that day, I get back to my apartment and I have a voicemail. And I go, oh, who's, I don't know the number. I, I, and it's, hey, Brian, this is Coach Jim Trestle. Um, I heard you need a quote on John Cooper. How's this? Gave me a great quote. Said, I hope that's good enough. Uh, if not, just, just call us back. Have a great day. God, I wish I still had that voicemail. But, I mean, yeah. <laughs> the, eve, the, eve, the eve of of Penn State, big game on the road. We won, obviously. Uh, but just yeah, that down to earth manner uh, of Coach Tressel, um, it's just am- and we all have that story. Everybody that's worked in the Ohio State media has that story. And um, you know, I will say this: my favorite, my favorite memories of covering Coach Tressel, just beyond. And I have more personal stories, but honestly, you know, we never got to interview him the way you did, which is amazing. That that the student radio has continued to evolve, which is amazing. I, me and Brian were talking before you jumped on about how great that is, but we've always been able to go to the press conferences. And at Jim Trestle press conference, it was like – and his name was the senator, and he was. Just the diplomatic approach, the way he handled press conferences. I mean, now watching press conferences all the time, uh, you take for granted – you just thought everybody was the way Coach Trestle was. Um, is he, I, I guess my question to you, getting to speak to him, uh, did you, do you get that when – you? Do you get? Do you feel like you get? Because the, the big thing with him when I was there was you people. If there was a knock, it was you don't get genuine answers. And I always combated that with he gives real answers, but he just he thinks about his answers and he doesn't say things in an overly animated way. But I always feel like he's given uh, genuine, real, honest answers. I don't know when you spoke to him. Did you get that same feeling? 
Yeah, you know, we were talking about what the experience on a Youngstown State game day is for him. And, you know, it, it, he didn't really pause. He just goes, you know, it's amazing how many college football coaches there are that I've never heard of that are sitting in my box on a Saturday telling me how we got to run the team. And I'm like, dude, that is, that's pretty funny stuff that he's sitting there watching the game as the president of the university, and he's like, yeah, you know, um, I'm Jim Trestle. I, I don't need to hear what your football opinion is. And he, you can tell that he, you know, he even bit his, he might have bit his tongue a little bit saying that. But that's kind of the genuine stuff where, you know, whether we were doing an interview for ESPN or Scarlet and Gray Sports Radio, he was giving us the full effort and giving us kind of the full courtesy. And I think maybe even more so because we weren't ESPN and we weren't you know, all these big guys that are just trying to get a headline out of it. We just wanted to talk to Jim Trestle. And he gave us Jim Trestle. He gave us the senator. And we kind of asked him about that. I mean, the first question I asked him was, "You are you wearing a sweater vest right now? And he just laughed. I said, not tonight, but I'll send you a picture when I get mine on. So, you know, just awesome. And that was, that, you know, that was definitely a thrill. And that was really right out of the gate we got him. Yeah. it's it. He, he really is a great guy. I think, you know what it was with Trestle, and I love it. I look at it as just, it's, it's hilarious. What Trestle would do is he could give you good answers, but he also could do coach speak really well. And my favorite Trestleism was, you know, you'd be playing Akron or whatever. Not to pick on Akron. I like Akron. Um, you know, and <laughs> Ohio State wins, you know, 45 nothing. And he'd be like, you know, Akron, that's a good football team. Those kids play yeah. hard. You know, they're, they're well coached. I mean, he said that, and it was, it was I, I loved it. I mean, that, that, was, that was sort of the rare thing of being a fan, but also, you know, being a pseudo-media member where I guess the fan in me liked it more than the journalist in me. The journalist in me was like, come on, give me something. But the fan is like, mm-hmm. oh, well, this guy is it? He really is a senator. I mean, the guy is just amazing. But what we appreciated all of us so much was, yes, we didn't get maybe the access you, you got necessarily. We were, you know, at the beginning we were called the underground, and then we became Scarlet and Gray Sports Radio my sophomore year. That's when it started. Um, but at that point, you know, just any interaction you got, he was so respectful to everybody. He, he didn't rip people. You know, he, he was – even if you got a question that wasn't necessarily fair, he was just always – he treated you very well, uh, whoever you were. And that's that's special, and that's not something that always happens. Um, we, we you know we had a chance our our freshman year or my freshman year, Brian's sophomore year, when we played Notre Dame in the, in the Fiesta Bowl, we, we had a chance to to you know be there and uh, you know listen to and ask questions to Charlie Weiss, a very different guy to say the least. <laughs> so uh, it was very rude to uh, a member of our radio station who asked a question he probably shouldn't have asked, but whatever. But he didn't have to react that way and I never remember no matter how frustrated he was and I was there after USC my 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 senior year in LA when Ohio State got I don't remember what the score was I know we scored three points we scored the first three points of the game then score again got crushed yeah. by Mark Sanchez and that USC team but you know and it, he just he always knew how, how, how to how to treat you and, and that's that's pretty rare and, and I guess you know Tim for you I mean you know obviously don't want, want you to name names, but, um, you know, how, how common is it, I suppose, or, or not common is it in your experience, you know, covering Ohio State or covering, you know, other, other teams to, you know, talk to someone like, like that who is so gracious and respectful to everybody no matter who they are? Yeah, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll name one name in reference to kind of how great the way Chris Holtman has treated the student media this year is incredible, man. You know, we're, we're really sitting nice there at the hear. press conference. There's a whole line of them. And Chris Holtman is looking down the line. You have a question. You have a question. No, you know, we're sitting there at his first press conference for his first game, and he's sitting there for an extra 10 minutes to let all the student media guys ask a question. And, you know, today Chris Holtman's at Canes handing out free food to all the students. <laughs> and I think that's the kind of coach you want at a college. Dabo Sweeney's like that. And, you know, maybe – now some of the bigger coaches don't necessarily give that kind of, you know, handshake at the start like you're trying to build a program. Um, you know, we haven't had any issues with anybody. I think even Urban is kind of happy to listen to us, you know, instead of 
some of the other situations if we, you know, get up and ask a question or we're around at the football kind of practice media stuff. But, you know, just I haven't had the opportunity to do the press conference style or the, you know, one-on-one kind of talk. But, you know, I can't imagine there are much better guys in football than Jim Trussell was. And and now, and I, and, you know, I, I, I mean it too. Like there's a handful of people, Urban Meyer, I'd go to war for. And that's because you can hear all the videos and stuff. Jim Trussell, I think, I, you know, I'd be there first just in the way that you can believe in what's going on right off the bat. And you know, it's a genuine kind of situation, but you know, to really like, it's, it's awesome that at Ohio state where, you know, really not an established program on the other side and, and with kind of the pressure, the lantern is faced with, you know, the tattoo stuff that still the student access is incredible. And I think that's one thing that the university understands is how important that is to have that voice and have that kind of alumni coming from these student media groups and building that into the mass media across America. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, that, you know, boy, is that uh, a different mentality, Brian, <laughs> than, than, than we had. And it's great. I'm so happy it's that way. Um, well, but no, that, that's very, that's say, very different than it was for us. <laughs> first, first press luncheon after I, tra- and I transferred to main, you know, after Toledo, my main reason why I transferred was to do the student radio. A big reason why I transferred because Toledo were didn't have one and our first lunch in the SID at the time we made we had fun with this for years he called me and uh, the the radio director at the time over Gavin Blair and he said you guys can no longer broadcast online just because of sponsorship things and, and other things you have to broadcast to the dorms and you know we we Gavin made it work and Brian could probably further explain how but I know that he made it work he looked at me he saw that I was probably white as a ghost and he said we're gonna make we're gonna figure this out and so yeah, yeah. So to hear where it's come from is amazing but you know my experience with coach Tressel, you know we were at the press conference every time he left i you know students we were kind of in the back and i'd always say hey good luck this weekend coach I'd always say hey, thank you very much look you in the eye all that and i went to one and you know how the press conferences are you know tim you have to get your question in quick sometimes you don't know you know reporters stumble around that, that's how it is and i remember once i accidentally cut off Coach Trestle, he wasn't done answering his question. And so he looked at me and said, do you mind if I finish this question? And I was terrified. Like, if I could have dug, it, I was I could have dug a, a pass back to Columbus, I would have. And, like, and it was Clay Hall's question. He was just staring at me like he wanted to end me, you know. And they, you know, we were, we, we were kids having fun back then. So some reporters liked it, some didn't. Uh, Tim May loved us. He loved us. But, oh, I digress. So, Afterwards, he said, can you ask your question? I asked the question, and I always wore a sweater vest. That was kind of my thing. I always wore a sweater vest. And when he was done asking the question, he looked at me and said, by the way, you really need to get a new outfit. And you know, everybody <laughs> laughed. And the next day, that, that was in the dispatch, like quotable things from the – nobody remembered that I cut him off. And people were laughing yeah. and had a good time. And that's kind of the guy he was. And that's why it hurt me a lot near the end, uh, not not the tattoo stuff, but when we hadn't, you know, we won four bowl games in a row, which is something that never has happened before or since. I don't owe us history. And I know in the 60s, 70s, you, you only had the Rose Bowl, so I understand how things change. But still, only coached to win four bowl games four years in a row. But then we went into that patch where the Florida, the LSU, then we lost Texas. And people, you know, Brian mentioned a quote of Trestle. One of mine was the pun is the greatest thing in football, which – People loved when we were winning games and beating Miami. Didn't love when we were not winning these big games. Uh, and, and with that, do you feel any? And I don't think so. But do you, when you interviewed him, did you were you able to ask him about his current relationship with OSU? Whether there's any animosity? And again, I don't think there was. Just to confirm, like where's Jim Trestle at right now with Ohio State? Yeah, you know, we asked him that. We were kind of talking before whether we should. And as soon as he said, hey, you know, if you're living in Ohio, you know what's going on with the Buckeyes. And you're watching every game. And he said, I watch every game, and I follow the team, and I think there's some great guys on the team, and Coach Meyer's done some awesome stuff. But, you know, born, you know, born and raised a Buckeye, you don't have a choice. You're watching all the games, and, it's, and, and he knows how revered he is in this circle. And what that would what, – I don't know what, if it, what turning off would do for him, but I, I think he understands how important he is to a lot of people in the state and a lot of people in the you know alumni base of Ohio State. So 
he's certainly following the team, and he said that too, and happy with the way things are going from an, you know, and I'm sure there's some there was some something after the way it all went down, and but that's what happens when you're trying to, you know, move on. You're trying to justify everything, and and that is you know one thing that really frustrates me is. You know, you come here and you expect, especially with the playoff, and this was something that I've been here my four years, the first year of the playoff was my freshman year. Urban Meyer wins the national championship. So now, I, my, in my three years, we've, never, we've only won one Big Ten championship, Cardell year, with probably the 15 team was the best team of the bunch, that, the team that rolled Notre Dame the Fiesta Bowl. And now everybody's like, I couldn't Urban agree with you more, by the way, games. not to cut you off. But, yeah, so yeah I could good. not agree with you more on that. Yes, but go ahead. Sorry, I just need to throw that in that I agree with you. It's so fr- – and it's and I'm sure when you guys were at school, there was the same talk about, you know, maybe they couldn't win the big game. But it was it, – you know, they just won a national championship. And now you're two yep. years off a national championship, and you lose to Iowa on the road. You know, it was a bad game, and they didn't play – they didn't play well. They certainly didn't play well. But, you know, they, they won a pretty big game the week before. And last year, they went down to Oklahoma and beat a pretty – good team and they I was at the Penn State game last year that's a tough place to play and something didn't go your way that's football that's what makes football so good and Nick Saban doesn't win the national championship every year you know he's won one playoff Dabo Sweeney's won one playoff Urban Meyer's won one playoff so the teardown of Urban Meyer and I'm and I'm sure the Jim Trestle was even worse it's so frustrating to me because it's like one team wins every year and if it was easy you know one school would be getting all the best players because they'd only be going there there are people who believe in Urban Meyer that are coming to university now, and you see that with these recruiting classes, and maybe as the playoff grows, it condenses a little bit because teams are seeing Ohio State, Alabama, Clemson in the playoff every year, that Ohio State's going to get better, but even if you're the best team, it's going to be a struggle to win that playoff every year. And it happens in the NFL. The Patriots don't win every year. And the Patriots, I'm not a Patriots fan, first off, before you guys met have plug me as a Boston guy. Farthest thing from it. They're the best team in the NFL every single year, but they don't win. They don't win. They have the best coach and the best quarterback, and they don't win every year. Stuff happens, you know? They, they've been together for, I think, 16, 17 years, and they've won five Super Bowls. Urban Meyer's been at, Urban, been at Ohio State. This is his fifth, fifth, fifth or sixth year now. He's won one national championship and, you know, won some pretty big bowl games and beat the hell out of Notre Dame in a bowl game. And you're just like, you know, it's it's hard to win football games, and that's what they keep saying. And I, I right. really believe how it's so hard to win football games. And it's hard when yeah. you're the head coach and one thing goes wrong, you know, the guy blocks a kick, and you're like, that's your whole season? It's, it's frustrating. And, and, you know, the Clemson game did not go well. You know, it, it, did not, it did not go well. And I talked to, after that game, I was flying home to Boston, so I was on the flight with Steve Adazio, the Boston College head coach. And his son's a GA for Ohio State. And I said, Coach, what, what happened last night? I go, what? You know, coming into this game, nobody saw this. He goes, that quarterback's the best player in the country and probably the best quarterback in college mm. football in the last 10 years. He's like, sometimes mm. it's not your day. That's why we coach. That's why we show up. You never know what can happen. And you can win all the games and then lose the big game. But there's so many factors into that. And it's so frustrating for me that the playoff has kind of taken away from winning your conference. Mm. I know winning Michigan will always be huge, but I, I, you know, the winning the conference is pretty cool, you know, and Ohio yeah. State's only done it once in the last decade or so. So, well, Tim, you're speaking, you you're speaking of the choir. No, I, listen, <laughs> you, you hit the same nerve that hits me. Okay. I yeah. write about the Steelers and me too. you know, they're seven and two. They just win this big game. And all you're hearing about is how bad the offense is. And Ben Rosberger came out and said, you know, I don't think the media and I don't think the fans should be critical when we win games. Now, maybe Ben took it a little too far, but, you know, I'm with you. I think there's a point when the criticism gets unhealthy. And I feel like, and again, tying this in with Jim Trestle, which is the theme of this podcast, I remember I felt so compelled after, and this is when I was out of school, I felt so compelled to email him after a loss because I, I just heard all the negativity. He emailed me back and said, Brian, Buckeye Nation is strong, we'll fight again, or something like that. And, again, Jim Trestle. <laughs> but, yeah, I yeah. agree with you in, in 15. I took great joy in beating Notre Dame because I have family that went there, and I like – you know, they were dominant. They were dominant that season. You knew they were good. If they had the lead in the fourth quarter, they're going to feed it with Zeke, and it was such a, a joy to watch. So I definitely agree that it's upsetting to me that the playoff has kind of become this thing where that defines your season. Because, honestly, to me, if we won the Big Ten – 
beat Miami in a – because I don't think Miami's going to end up in the playoff. We, we beat them in a bowl game if that's even possible. I'm happy. I'll take it. Uh, and it's unfortunate that maybe sometimes people don't have that thing. I'll, I, and I will – this is my last question, then I'll give it to Brian, because uh, we don't have exams, but you might, so I'll let you go after this round. <laughs> and thank you again for joining us. Um, you know, I know how uh, Coach Tressel handled the, the down stuff. And it's amazing to me because I see it now watching press conferences in the NFL. How I mean, football is emotional, very emotional. All athletics are. But football, I think, maybe more than any. And you see coaches just lose composure or just do things. You never saw that with Coach Trestle, ever, ever. You only knew if he won because he had a Diet Coke to kind of celebrate. If he lost, he didn't have one at the podium. That's the only thing you could tell. But he was so composed, never showed his true emotions, whether he was hurting or not. Which you know he was. You know, the Florida game was demoralizing. Uh, you know, the, the code into the facility next year was 41-14 because they didn't want the players to forget. Um, yeah. How, so I know, I know how Coach uh, Trestle handled the, the, those things. How does Coach Meyer handle it from your perspective? Just the, the negativity that surrounds the team a lot. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm sure it's frustrating to be – he handles it with, you know, what, what can you do? You know, you feel for the kids and you blame yourself, you know, and that's what he does. And that's one of the things that makes all these great coaches is we got to coach better. we got to coach better. We can't let that happen. You know, we get ahead of themselves, but you got games to win. And they know that, and they know that now more than ever you're judged by your championships. And – You've won one, and Urban Meyer's group has won more than one. And they've had that group. They, I'm in the coaching class now. Urban has they have a coach, college football coaching class with the whole coaching staff, and they wheel in guy by guy. And, you know, after the Iowa game, Kevin Wilson came in and said, hey, sometimes you lose. That's on us. That's on the coaches. We messed up. And that's a culture thing. That's what Urban Meyer has built, this tree of trust where – you know, it's, and they, they, they say all these things, the nine strong, the brotherhood, but it, it's, it is real. And it's what all these teams have, and they lean on it. And they leaned on it in 2014 when JT got hurt and Braxton got hurt. And now this year it's been tougher. You know, you lose to Iowa, and now you're like, what happened to the brotherhood? Well, now they're even more so. They come back and stomp on Michigan State. And I, I'm expecting right now this to be a run like in 15 when they, you know, rolled Michigan and then rolled Notre Dame. Uh, they're on the same kind of path there, and that's where you see the kind of coaching. When you get kicked down and you, something bad happens, how you respond. And maybe you know that you know you can't. You 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 lost your playoff chance, and I don't think that's entirely true. And maybe that could be the last thing we talk about is kind of how we're feeling there. Yeah. But I, I don't. There's there's something to be said for you know you get wiped on the road against Iowa. And then you come and you beat the number twelve team in the country, forty-eight to three. There, there's something there where he he keeps his mouth shut all week, and he's like, "We're going to crush this team on Saturday," and you can relax then because it's tough, man, and it's tough in a town where there's no NFL. And if you're an NFL fan, most of these guys are Browns or Bengals fans, so you're looking for your success and you're expecting your success from Ohio State because that's all they've had with Urban Meyer. And this is the first year they've lost two regular season games with, under Urban Meyer. It's crazy. Mm, true. It's absolutely yeah. crazy. <laughs> yeah. It, it, yeah. It, 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 it is true. And, you know, the, 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 the trestle issue, the biggest trestle issue that people got so upset about, and this speaks to, Brian, your comment that, uh, that, that uh, Big Ben made, it was always, why don't we crush teams? Why don't we crush teams? Why don't we win by 50 or 60 or 70? You would see the SEC, you know, whomever crush whom, you know, and it was just like, that and you know, I never cared because I love the approach that Jim Trestle has to football. I love what Urban does too, and they're completely different. But you know, at the end of the day, your job is to win football games, and that was what Trestle would do in the big games. He was very conservative. He, he relied on a defense that was seemed like it was tremendous pretty much every year, and he relied on field position and punting and and you know, good field goal kicking most of his tenure there. But that was the thing. That was it. Was never enough. It was always. You know, Ohio State would win, but we didn't win by enough, and we don't look as impressive as, you know, whatever team did uh, at that time. USC, let's say, was, you know, a powerhouse. Um, it's, uh, you know, that's – there's always going to be something. I guess that's the reality with, with Buckeye Nation. We're, we're very spoiled, 
uh, all of us from Ohio um, have a lot of teams that are very bad or have been bad a lot of times uh, in professional sports. I'm very happy that things are good for my Cleveland teams now, except for the Browns, but um, I don't know if that plays into it at all, but certainly it's, you know, that, that'll happen. And, uh, and I think even, you know, the, and this could be a topic for another time, maybe I think even the Michigan game to an extent, not to me, I care more about Michigan than the game and the national championship. I'm no, yep. I may be in the minority, but it's true. That's how I feel. I want to win that game more than anything. If we win, I'm happy and everything else is, is, is you know, is great. And the, probably the second best feeling I've had besides that in the 2002 national championship was beating Alabama more than even beating Oregon just because of, yep. of what that meant. But, um, you know, I, I guess, you know, yeah, definitely, definitely uh, appreciate you coming. I want to let you go, but I would love to have you again, just let our you know, listeners know uh, where they can find your, you know, your great broadcasts, your podcasts, uh, you know, any final thoughts you have about the discussion. And certainly Tim, I want you to, you know, please plug the you know, great Scarlet and gray sports radio and all the things you're doing. So uh, we can get to some new listeners. Yeah, no, we, uh, Scarlet and Great's podcast on iTunes is kind of where you can find us. We've had Coach Tressel, uh, Eddie George as well. Uh, just had Dane Brugler, who used to be the CBS uh, lead draft writer. Now he works for the Hall of Fame, and they're running a pretty big draft site. Guy is amazing. And I, he's a machine. That interview is so much fun. And I kind of learned about him through the Cowboys stuff because they do a lot of you know, work with him. He lives in Frisco now. But really, really good stuff, and not just because it's mine. I, I think that interview, a lot of fun stuff to hear about kind of these evaluations of these players. And and other than that, really, the Scarlet and Gray stuff, we're on TuneIn. If you're ever not around a TV, if you tune in, search Scarlet and Gray Sports Radio during an Ohio State game, football, basketball, hockey, you'll have us. So always have that, of course, on Twitter at SGSR underscore OSU. You can find all the links for all the games and stuff. And, and other than that, we're just having fun, man. And it's been a lot of fun and hoping to keep it going. And we have some good guys to hand it off to, so – Everything is in is in good shape right now. Yeah. Well, hey, you know, again, it's such a pleasure. Really excited about all the great things you're doing. Um, you know, I want to say, because I know how important it was for me, uh, I hope you truly enjoy and love, uh, first of all, this, this Saturday, the final time, you know, getting a chance to, to announce, um, you know, uh, having, having a chance to announce one more time uh, at Ohio Stadium and, and, and definitely the one the following week. Um, my senior day was weird because it was a 42 to seven win over Michigan, which was great. And I loved it, but it was very, it was a little different than most senior days. You know, senior days, you're not killing Michigan. Uh, you're going to probably have a, a senior day. That's the exact opposite. Sorry to say this, Brian and Brian senior day, because in 2007, Illinois and Ohio state met and in 2017, Ohio state and Illinois yep. are going to meet and the result's going to be very, very, very different this time. But uh, yeah, truly enjoy it. It's, it is it's such an honor. There's no honor in my, you know, anything I've ever done to me as great as calling an Ohio State Michigan game, um, doing analysis sports, the hardest thing I ever had to do because I, I just, I, I, well, I mean, how do you, I don't know how you do that when you, when you feel the way about Ohio State Michigan that I, um, I, yeah, <laughs> I enjoy it, soak in every moment, and uh, yeah, appreciate uh, you jumping on uh, tonight. Thanks, guys. Go Bucks. Yep, go Bucks. So, go Bucks. Uh, yeah, that was Tim. Tim Tolley, Scarlet and Grace Sports Radio, Vice President, also the host of Scarlet and Grace. And I mentioned earlier, you know, that, yeah, you know, Dane Brugler interview was fantastic. I really enjoyed it. Good stuff. You get some great insight on especially the Buckeyes individuals and their potential going into the draft. Uh, Some really good stuff. Interesting, and especially on Jerome Baker and, you know, uh, where he was at heading into the season and and kind of how he's had a little bit of a down year and, and, talking about he talks about JT Barrett and his potential um, talks about the, the fine defensive linemen we have so really good stuff that would be a great place to start um, to, to listen to the Scarlet and Greats podcast and uh, I look forward to hearing his interview with Coach Trussell and, and you know we have you know probably about 10 minutes or so and I'm really happy to say this but uh, I'm thinking this is going to be we're going to call this Brian part one we, we got to talk more Trussell I think what we can do is we can kind of combine it next week and do you know talk Michigan yeah, and talk Trestle, uh, kind of be a combination. But um, but you know, getting I, I think you know I do want to touch on the Michigan game a little bit. We can touch on it more moving forward. But again, you know, Trestle makes the statement on the basketball floor. Ohio State's going to step up. Ohio State, mind you, beats a Michigan team 
that certain, the discrepancy between Ohio State and Michigan in 2001 was not nearly what it was between Ohio State and Michigan in 1969, but there was a discrepancy, and they were the better team. They clearly were, you know, were in a position where they should, you would have thought based on talent they, sh- they should have won, and, and that changed everything, and it really led to, we can talk a little about, bit you know, before we go about 2002, that amazing season. I mean, that catapulted everything. Um, I remember that amazing feeling in 2001 of that win, running, you know, a few houses down to my uncle, who's a huge Buckeye fan, and just, you know, talking to him about how special it was to get that win and how important it was. And it, it really went into 2002, where what a, what a fascinating year. I mean, in 2014, we just had a national championship with controversy in terms of injuries. You know, JT Parrott going down, Braxton Miller not being able to play quarterback, you know, going down. And, and, and I mean, it was, you know, it was Maurice Claret and his issues. It was um, close games to Cincinnati, close games to, for everybody. I mean, uh, you know, tons of, of close calls. And, and but that team was, was really – to me, Brian, and, and, you know, anything you want to say, too, about the 2002 team, you know, go ahead. But uh, I guess, you know, to me, that 2002 team was Trestle. I mean, they were vintage Trestle. They were unfazed by anything, no matter what the issue was. They were incredible, incredible at doing enough to win a game. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say to not lose. I think that's ridiculous. It wasn't about not losing. They were doing just enough to win the game and not to put themselves into a position with a dumb turnover, let's say, to lose. Um, that team really uh, had the personality of its coach, and I think the 2014 team had the personality of Urban from the standpoint of, hey, you're going to doubt us? We got some injuries? Well, F you. <laughs> you know, that sort of that swagger that right. we're, we're the best and we're going to prove it no matter who we have because we're Ohio State. The 2002 team was incredibly special because of the fact that they were so successful, but they had ice in their veins. Everybody, Mike Dawson, the defense, Krenzel, Jenkins on the offense. Um, it was it was unbelievable. So I mean, you know, you, your thoughts, I guess, on, on Coach Trestle and and anything with you know that incredibly special 2002 season. This is a great way to end part one because we're talking about his his highest moment. This is a great way to end part one, and then. This is before we were even there, so we can really delve into our experience next. But, yeah, there's a great quote from Joe Green, and he said, champions are ordinary people, ordinary people that get tired of getting pushed around. And I feel like that OSU team, you had Mike Doss, you had had some older guys, Wilhelm, you had guys that had been pushed around by Michigan, pushed around by Penn State, you know, pushed around by, you know, national teams when they went into bowl games, you know, a team that was 6-6 and once. And it's like once they got that taste of success, you just don't want to let it go. And like any young team, Blue Jackets now, any young team that starts to win, it's contagious, and you, you don't want it to go away. And I think that's what I remember a lot of that O two 2 team, was that it's just like every win built momentum, built something. Because they were ranked, I think, 12th to start the season. So like, And, and the polls, like, they were slow to move them up. I mean, they'd move up like one spot. I think there was a week or two they didn't move up at all. It took a while to get – I mean, they were – underdogs, when Washington State came in, I think it was week two or week three, I think week three, underdogs at home to Washington State, and they won, and that's the game where Maurice goes for 230. And I mean, he had a big game in, in the first week, but that's kind of when he announced to everybody that I'm legit. But I think another thing about that team, and you mentioned it, Brian, the ice in the veins, I don't, you know, you, you, you nailed that good. I think the one thing now as I'm older and I think about that team, one word comes to mind, selfless that team yes. I don't think statistically 100%. even Maurice even Maurice didn't have monster statistics like I know he missed some games whatnot but it didn't matter who caught what who did what it didn't matter winning the game was the most important and the sad thing is in, in sports is that that is such an important that, that's that's the paramount to success but very few teams actually do that that's like the main thing I think about when I think about that team I mean you look at that Miami team shouldn't have beat Ohio State. I mean, OSU shouldn't have beat them, but they beat them no because way. they were selfless. They were selfless, and, I mean, how many plays was was the most effective play a Craig Krenzel shotgun draw? Because it caught Miami off guard because OSU had a really strong offensive line. They could get push off the ball, and, and Krenzel was good at it. He was an athlete. It wasn't flashy, we're going to throw it around. It wasn't, 
you know, I remember, um, you know, Michael Jenkins never complaining about not getting the ball. You know, Vance, any of their receivers, you know, you never heard. It was all about winning. And it was a team that you just, like, it was a group of kids that people just, I think, were happy for. Like, they obviously you're always going to cheer for Ohio State because it's Ohio State. But I feel like that team people really wanted to cheer for. Because it's like they were winning, they were on this ride, and they wanted everybody to be on the ride with them. Like, like it's okay to – you can believe in us. We're going to reward you. We're not going to let you down. Like that Michigan game, the Michigan game was close. It was back and forth. I mean, Michigan ate a lot of clock in that game. And, and, and it was yeah. like Michigan football with Lloyd Carr. And OSU had to win late. But it, it was just at the end, it was just this C – we made you feel good all year, and we didn't let you down at the end. And it was a, you know, it was a great season. But I think selfless is the word that, that I think of most when I think about Jim Trestle's national championship team. Yeah, absolutely, um, it's so true. And well, hey, look, think about the the national championship game. Uh, you talk about you know a combination of selfless and, and, and being a great teammate, and you know it was very rare again that Craig Krenzel ever made a mistake. He made a mistake. He threw a ball. He should have thrown to, may he rest in peace, Sean Taylor, intercepted it. Unbelievable. Would, you know, would have been a Hall of Famer and horrible situation, obviously. But um, <laughs> he throws an interception. This, this all-American stud, unbelievable player, picks it off, and then Maurice Claret hustles and literally steals the ball from him. Like in basketball. He took, I mean, you never see anyone do, any, do that. It's an, an iconic play. I'd like to think in, in football, college football history, certainly in Ohio State football history, and in that game, um, but it, it just sort of sort of speaks to that. And also, you know, to, to Coach Trestle, his selflessness. You know, people forget. I, don't, I, I wish I had ingrained in me the exact situation. I don't. I watch these ga- these good games uh, every year. I watch a ton of Ohio State Michigan games. I'll start on Sunday. Um, but in 2002, one of the biggest plays of the game was a pass to Maurice Claret that he caught that, you know, helped Ohio State hang on and win that football game. That was not Jim Trestle's play call. That was Maurice Claret's play call. How about Jim Trestle having the cojones to allow his true freshman, tremendous talent, you know, on the immature side, but his true freshman running back to be able in a key situation where if it doesn't work, maybe we don't win that game, don't win the national championship. He let, you know – Coach Trussell had that, uh, you know, willingness and that trust and that confidence in it. Um, you know, another thing I love about, you know, about Trussell, and we're going to wrap up here soon, but, I, you know, talk a little more about, about the offense, that, yes, it was conservative, and, yes, it was based on punting and, and you know, being, being careful. But he also, you know, Brian, did a, tr- a tremendous job of adapting to his personnel. You think about how different – the offense was early on in his tenure and how it changed when Troy Smith got there. I mean, it was a completely different. I mean, you're sitting there. I rewatched the broadcast. I think, you know, the national broadcast, I think about our broadcast and like, you're sitting there and I think even Herb Street was doing analysis and, and called it like, this is the Ohio state Michigan game in 2006. And you've got five receiver sets. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, Woody Hayes may rest in peace must've been rolling over in his grave, but that was, you know, Trestle, I mean, an offensive genius, you know, the, 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 what is it? So the sweater vested offensive mastermind. People, I think, sometimes forget whether it's urban, whether it's that Ohio State didn't win games by as much then as they maybe do now. People forget, Brian, I want, you know, I want you to you know, touch on this, then we can wrap up here. But, you know, he was an amazing football coach, tremendous offensive coach, and let the defense – you know, B, uh, had, you know, Mark D'Antonio in 2002, Mark Snyder, a ton of guys on the defensive side. He let them do their thing that became very successful. Um, you know, some very, very successful. Others, you know, not as successful, but he had coached the defensive end to do it. But, I mean, man, he was a, truly a, a genius on the offensive side of the ball, and I think he never got maybe the credit he deserved in that regard. I yeah I completely agree with you and you know you remember the Notre Dame game I mean that's probably the Fiesta win in 05 if you actually I mean honestly if you want to look now the Miami game it was a great example of coach Trussell understanding the limitations of his team the greatness of his opponent and what he had to do 
to run a successful offense that could score enough points to win, knowing what he had on defense. I think that is his greatest, you know, example of his intelligence as a coach. But I think his intelligence as a play caller was was certainly that Notre Dame team because they were a good team. They were a formidable foe. It's probably Notre Dame's best team in a long time, and they carved them up. And they did it in different ways. They did it with Antonio Pittman. They did it with Troy Smith, deep and long. They did it with Ted Ginn, Antonio Holmes. It was literally Jim Tressel, and it was just in his complete element. You know, just you always knew Coach Tressel was feeling it offensively when he was pacing the sidelines. He'd have that little like strut or swagger about him, and he ha- he had his clip. There's no better mo- like memory or like better feeling for an OSU fan back then when the offense was moving. They had the lead. And Jim Trestle was sweat was doing his little pace on the sidelines, and you could tell he was in his complete element calling plays, and like, and he was great at it. And like you said, I mean, you look at what Troy Smith was in '05 or '04, really, and then what he became in '06. '04, he was a complete athlete playing quarterback. '05, a little bit of both. '06, he was a pocket passer, just just dissecting Michigan's defense like a surgeon, and. You're right, Brian. I think there's a lot of examples that you could point to Jim Trestle and say, wow, that guy was one of the greatest play callers in college football history. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, yeah, couldn't, couldn't have said it better myself. I'm, I'm actually looking right now as we speak at uh, a plaque I have of Troy Smith, um, my all-time favorite Buckeye. I love that man. And, and boy, I love what you said because it's so true. Um, Troy Smith was a runner and a damn good one in 2004 uh, in, the, in, in that incredible Michigan game. Then he had a suspension, had some issues, and it wasn't, you know, Justin Zwick had, a, had a, what turned into a, a very a good but very bad ball game for Ohio State against Oklahoma State in less miles. Um, he had a good game that, that day, and though Ted Ginn did a ton of quarterback sneaks. Like, you know, he ran the Wildcat. And they couldn't stop him. It was incredible. He didn't throw a pass the entire game. But um, I say it was a negative because it, it sort of, with the suspension happening, it kind of gave Justin's wick the opportunity to sort of share snaps. And it did not work well. It's probably the reason, um, or one of them, if, you know, that Ohio State lost to the Texas team in 2005. But, you know, hey, that yeah. was a lot like the 2002 Buckeye team. It was their year. They kind of deserved it. They did what they needed to do. But, yeah, I mean, Troy Smith completely – changed his game to the point where in 2006 and by the end of 2005, he, like you said, he was a passer that was really good at running. That's what he was. He was not a runner that could pass. He was a tremendous quarterback with, with all the arm strength in the world, could make all the throws in the pocket. But when you needed the big play with his feet, he could do that. And, and I'll always love and, and appreciate him for that. And that was, that was Trestle. That was Trestle uh, taking – you know, uh, two quarter, two recruits, and Justin Swick, the big time recruit, the guy with the arm, the you know, the, the future, and, and a young man named Troy Smith. And um, you know, one thing that we didn't sort of discuss in our notes as we were preparing for this, but you know, the Glenville connection, uh, that ability mm-hmm. in the state of Ohio from a recruiting perspective. Um, you know, Urban does the best he can, and he's recruiting you know statistically better than than Trestle, you know, did, but. You know, you're not going to get those guys probably anymore, those Troy Smith types that, that are a little risky. Um, and, and, you know, again, Ohio, the whole face of Ohio State football changes forever if there's no Troy Smith. The rivalry is very different as we look back on it and our times in, in, in Columbus. And, and we owe all of that to uh, the man and the coach, uh, Jim Trussell. So, um, Brian, I don't know if you have any other final thoughts that you want to conclude with, and, and then uh, we can wrap this up. And definitely, you know, just to sort of tease a little bit, uh, you know, we definitely are going to talk a little bit about, you know, 2006, uh, you know, some great aspects of that season, the disappointing finish. Uh, we definitely need to talk a little bit more about, you know, uh, Coach Tressel and, and, and the end and, and what that was about, a little bit more about uh, the man. And then definitely uh, there's no better way to honor Coach Tressel than during Michigan week to, you know, go ahead and talk a little more about that game and, and our, our impressions, how we feel heading into it, and, and all that good stuff. So, uh, Brian, feel free. Anything else you want to add about uh, the great James Patrick Trussell? Well, I have one really good story, but I'm going to save it for next time as another teaser, my favorite Trussell story, but one that pertains to me now, my current phase in life. I'm an assistant cross-country coach at 
my alma mater, my high school alma mater, and uh, go Tigers. And I remember reading Trestle's book when I was in college, The Winner's Manual. And I remember in it somewhere in that book it says if you're if you're coaching to win, you're doing it for the wrong reasons, and you're not going to last. And you ha- it has to be about the kids and helping the kids and taking joy and seeing other people achieve their dreams and knowing you played a little part in it. And and, and embracing just the team aspect of sports. He couldn't have said it better. And in our season, some people may have said it was a disappointment, and we actually had an assistant that said that. And I said, then, and I said the same quote that Coach Chessel said, if you really believe that, then you're not looking at it the right way. Because our kids had fun, and they enjoyed themselves, and they grew as a team. And that, to me, is a definition of success. So I'm glad I read that. I'm glad I remembered it. And I'm glad I'm, I'm trying to apply it. Obviously, not nearly as well as him. Uh, but I'm glad that he had that right mindset. And obviously, hey, it worked for him. He's a Hall of Fame coach. And uh, I hope that uh, every coach, no matter what level you're on, even professionally, um, hopefully they, uh, you know, they, they, they have a little bit of James Trestle in them every time they coach their team. No doubt about it. Uh, a special coach, a very special man, and uh, I will always appreciate what he did. And, again, you know, um, Michigan, and we'll talk about it more next week. But, uh, um, you know, that's the most important thing to me as an Ohio State fan is beating Michigan. And you know what? Maybe, you know, I did, we got, you know, the ability. We're so fortunate to cover some national championships. And, yeah, they were tough games and they were all losses. And it would have been great to have been able to cover a win. But I have no regrets. I mean, I'm so proud that for the rest of my life, I mean, you can't take away to, to the players. And, and as a fan, I was 4-0 against Michigan. I got a chance to cover and announce to play-by-play in 2007. Not the most exciting game. It was rainy and crappy, but Ohio State won, and that was the Beanie game. That was Beanie Wells, who was incredible in all three of the games against Michigan. Huge, um, you know, against those guys. But, but uh, you know, truly special, and uh, I definitely want to make sure we talk about the press box and what that was like. You were on the game call, myself, and, and – and Dylan, my, you know, who were both sports directors at the time, watched that 05 game from the press box. And, and, and we're definitely going to talk about that because that's the all, my all-time favorite game in the rivalry. It'll probably never – it'll never be replaced. It was my first time getting to, to, to ever see that game. Uh, I was so blessed to be there. And, uh, and, and we owe it all to Trestle. This is still going. This dominance is still going. And it's going because Jim Trestle changed everything. And in this history – of Ohio State football and in Michigan football, um, you've seen in a lot of instances where your ability to understand and to have your team ready for that game in a lot of ways defined your coaching tenure, it, and negatively and positively. And that's Jim Trestle more than anything, the guy that, that turned around the rivalry and, uh, you know, it's 937 here in Denver and Michigan still really sucks. And that has a lot to do with the great James Patrick Trestle. So yes, for Brian Diardo and Brian Rosen, we could probably go on for another hour for hours just to talk about this man. We look forward to talking more about the game, the greatest rivalry in sports, and uh, part two of our podcast, Talking to Trestle, uh, next week. And, uh, yeah, we appreciate it. Hope you have a wonderful uh, evening, or I guess whatever. This is going to be on demand. So evening, morning, day, whatever, whenever you listen to it. And, uh, That is it for us. This show is over.